Hello and welcome to Liberated Voices. We're here with Tina Workman from Labour Left Alliance and Redline TV. I'm your host, Fatima Merchant, and this is your co-host. Uh, Hussein Abudar Ali Biakibis. And today we'll be talking about republicanism in light of uh, recent events in our country that have um, taken place. It's a question that's come out quite big at the moment and is being discussed by a few people, but a lot of people don't really know what republicanism even is. So I think maybe we'll, we'll start with that and then try and move on. Welcome to the show, team. So, Republicanism is an interesting question, isn't it? There's different different versions of it, I think. Actually. <laughs> Lots to explore in this episode. Generally, just to start, can you just give us what is the definition of republicanism? Yeah, I think there's this. It depends on who you ask. I mean, republicanism means you know you you don't have a queen as a head of state. You know, it's governed by the people. Some I mean, there's a there's a campaign called Republic, which is quite a liberal democratic uh, campaign, and they they fight for you know the abolition of the monarchy, but they think um, it's the best thing to do is then to have a, a, an elected president instead. You know, so they believe you have to have a figurehead of some kind to rule over us, and you know if that person then is elected, all the better. I mean, it's. It, it is slightly better, but, you know, it's not what, what Democrats or socialists like myself uh, believe in. I don't believe you need to replace the monarchy with anything. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I think uh, that, that uh, you know, America, the USA or Germany, where I'm from, or France are more democratic than Britain because they don't have a monarchy. Uh, that's, that's not how it works. I think it's, it's the struggle, um, you know, the campaign against an unelected institution, an undemocratic institution like the monarchy, that helps us as socialists to actually fight for for other issues as well. If we take that seriously, the question of how we're being ruled, and you know, if, if people accept the idea that somebody can be born to rule over us, they'll accept anything. You know, this is why what we're seeing at the moment is huge amounts of money and the effort being put into this funeral it's non-stop you know the the whole established establishment is behind this attempt to forge national unity over the death of the queen and you know the making of king king charles who is uh, not going to be as popular as the queen so i think they're they're actually in trouble you know this this whole display is a is a sign of weakness rather than a sign of strength i think they've they they are they can tell that you know countries like Barbados, Australia, etc. They don't want the Queen as a head of state anymore. They want to become republics. They want to become you know mm-hmm. more democratic, mm-hmm. and so this is why we're everything at the moment is being thrown uh, into making us swallow the the wrong idea that we need to have a monarchy ruling over us. Now we really really don't. Mm. I think it's being fed to us as part of our culture, isn't it? So Absolutely. It- it's less about the practicalities of it and more about, well, you've always had a queen, now your queen's dead. It's... Of course, we didn't always have a queen. I mean, we, <laughs> not Britain, didn't always have a queen. It's it's actually quite a modern institution, uh, mm. like capitalism. You know, capitalism is not natural. It's not normal. It's been... Uh, it's been brought to us and it's been it's been established with lots of blood being spilled with lots of wars being fought over it similarly the monarchy it's um percy shelley the 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 poet put it very very well when he described the monarchy as 
the string that ties the robber's bundle. I, you know, it's the establishment exploiting the people that's taken it, you know, by killing people, by killing um, other peoples, by invading their countries, etc., etc. And the queen, the monarchy sits on top of that as a sort of effort to keep us quiet about it and to accept that this is the natural rule of things. Well, it's not, you know, the monarchy is about a thousand years old. Um, which is a long time, but it's changed massively in in the process. You know, it's and that that reflects that that things change all the time. Things things can be done away with. Things that look natural to us now don't have to stay this way. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, in lots of countries, I mean, the Russian Revolution did away with the monarchy in Germany. Mm -hmm. where I'm from myself, 1918. <laughs> The working class rose up again, you know, for socialism. And the first thing they did was sweep away uh, the monarchy and, you know, they had sent, sent the Kaiser packing. And this is the kind of program for republicanism that, that I believe is important. You know, not just not just taking that top level off the monarchy, but actually radically democratizing society. Like it's a, you know, it's an outrage that we call this a, a democratic society when people can't even hold a placard up saying not my king or calling who's elected you. Nobody is the answer. So it's quite right to ask that question. Who elected you? How can I get rid of you? Well, you can't, but you can go into prison for this or at least get arrested for it and get charged. It's an yeah. outrage. But why, why, what sort of powers does the, the Queen actually have? The, the king now actually yeah, oh, the king, king. Yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting one isn't it it's kind of everybody sees her or she's being presented as apolitical you know oh she's yeah. involved in those kind of things you know she's she's there for everybody that's that's why they're doing it you know she's supposed to be accepted by the left by the right by poor and by the rich you know she's it's the institution that's you know reunites us all does it really? I, I very much doubt that. So there's uh, there's various um, um, powers they have. He has now is the royal prerogative. The royal consent is another one. The royal prerogative means that uh, the king, the queen were able or are able to go to war, for example, against the wishes of the government, the elected government. They can also prevent war if they wanted to. Um, what the Queen did in 1975 is get rid of an elected government in Australia and uh, when when, they, when it wasn't to the liking of the establishment. Just like that, you know, I'm, I'm using this, no matter what the people who they elected, but, you know, as a representative of the ruling class, which is what the monarch is, I can get rid of that, of that um, uh, government. There's the um, there's a lot happening in the background. So um, a look at laws after they've been passed, but there, there is the power. You, the, the monarch can stop laws going through. But what they did is much cleverer is laws when they're in draft form get sent to the palace and then the palace looks through it. The lawyers for the palace look through it, what they like, what they don't like, what should be changed, etc. Loki has done quite a, a, a good um, series of tweets on that. And he's he's very good on, on the rapper Loki mm. on, on these questions. And he's pointed out that the royals have vetted over a thousand laws before they were even passed through parliament uh, and requested changing some, of course, many of them. Prince Charles is quite known, well known for his so-called spider letters, where he you know, appeals to ministers and to, to politicians to stop various laws going through from changing laws, etc. So they've had huge influence on, on influence over politics and have 
have uh, used laws and laws that don't don't they don't like for example they don't have to pay inheritance tax you know for the billions and billions of taxpayers money they don't even have to pay tax on it their wills are not published everybody else's will has to be published their mm. wills don't get published he, he's he's written all these letters to 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 ministers to change laws etc and they also um in in the 1960s and 70s i believe they um they, they achieved that um, equality laws don't apply to palaces. So in terms of employing people of color, etc., they were they were allowed to discriminate oh. against people of color because these laws didn't apply to <laughs> palaces. Still, there's still extra rules that we don't even know about because you know it's all sort of who's going to publish it. You know, it's all kept secret on purpose, and it's a it's a hugely hugely undemocratic, discriminatory, you know practices that they they continue to to enforce um behind our back you know we have no you know the the, the, the there's no opposition at the moment is there Keir Starmer leader of the Labour Party tells his MPs not just not to go to picket lines but also all they're allowed to say now is pro-monarchy you know and pro-queen they're not allowed to say anything critical it's uh it's shocking absolutely shocking when in fact the Labour Party did have um, um, leaders or, or famous, famous politicians who actually spoke up quite, quite a lot about it. Um, I don't know if you know about um, Tony Benn. He was he presented a, a bill in Parliament a few times, the, the Commonwealth Bill, that proposed the abolition of the monarchy. It proposed um, a, a number of democratic things: uh, abolition of the House of Lords, um, um, electoral, you know, that that people with sixteen years old should be able to vote, etc. Um, the, the person who seconded that bill was Jeremy Corbyn, incidentally. Mm. Mm. Sadly, when he was leader of the Labour Party, he pushed that to side. He, he thought abolition of the monarchy is not not that crucial at the moment, which is unfortunately, I think, sort of the attitude that many on the left have at the moment. Unfortunately, it's like a diversion from the class struggle. You know, it's something we should. You know, let's let's go on strike and stuff and, and leave the, the the monarchy because, you know, a lot of people like the monarchy. It's mm -hmm. actually not true. It's about 30 to you know, 50 percent, depending on the news. Not that you could tell it at the moment, you know, but up to 50 percent of, of people believe the monarchy should be abolished. And at the moment, there is nobody on mainstream media uh, where this where this is this view is being heard. It's totally being suppressed at the moment when half the population, you know, uh, you know, in favor of abolishing it, it's a, it's, it's terrible oppression of you know minority views. So, so you say you would rather not have a president. I'm assuming as well the House of Lords you would want to either change or, or oh, at least, totally um, get rid yeah. of. Yeah. What would you like to see replace it? Nothing. You know, there's it, we have a parliament which is the will of the people. You know, that's, these are the ones that we elect. If anything, I mean, we should look at how we elect that that parliament. It's a it's a very undemocratic way in Britain, first past the post system, which means that locally up to forty nine percent of votes get lost yeah. because you know the mm. you you didn't get your view through and and that's it. So your your view is totally discounted if you back a, a minority candidate. I mean, the the German, for example, or the the proportional representation uh, uh, electoral system in Germany allows left-wingers to come through so there are there are socialists in parliament in 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 germany because you have to mm. get over a certain threshold and you can use 
parliament as a platform to 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 call for you know reform or call for for socialism etc which is which is really good in britain it's you know a two-party system the liberals sometimes get in the greens a little bit but even they are struggling it's a very undemocratic system so if anything we should democratize it the chartists which was the first working class movement uh, in the world in in britain they had a, a number of really good democratic reforms. All of them have been actually put into practice, like the eight hour day, etc. That was revolutionary Mm. at the time. They also demanded annual parliaments, which they thought was a good way to do away with the sort of the professional politician that can do for five years what he wants or she wants. And there's no way to get, they're not recallable, you know, they're not very transparent. So for five years, they can do whatever they want or more to the point, not do whatever they want, you know, because there's no way to to recall them. Have you if you had uh, sort of almost permanent elections, you know, if you do it every single year, these people have to you know, be accountable and they have to do what you want. So, you know, it's a much better way to keep on track of, of, of your politicians that you've elected and everything else, like second chambers, like in America as well, second chambers, they're there to stop the will of the people. They're there to prevent, you know, all the radicals or, you know, the majority from, from being really to do anything that the establishment doesn't really want. So, the, you know, it's some laws have to go through the House of Lords and then they go back and, and back and forth. Sometimes they can play a pro- progressive role, of course, that, that happens by, by accident almost because, you know, some maybe their self-interest is at stake sometimes. But these second chambers are, are a, a tool of the ruling class to stop the will of the people being heard. Yeah, you said something really interesting. Um and it's still rolling around my head. So you said that up to 50% of people's views aren't being heard right now. And I just think, I think there's a huge part of that that comes down to sort of a racist kind of ideology, which is it's sort of this kind of idea that's being pushed onto quote unquote English people. So if you don't accept the monarchy, you're not a real Englishman. And I, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it so many times, obviously living in London it's really diverse, uh, especially compared to some other areas. But there is, I think there is, has been a spike in racism mm. ever since, you know, the Queen has died. And I, I just mentioned now's the time to talk about republicanism on my local um, next door, the local community forums. People started saying, why don't you go to North Korea? They were republic. Exactly. <laughs> North Korea. They were very rude about it as well. It was almost like they thought I was from North Korea. It felt like the go back to your country. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure at the moment to have a national chauvinism, which also I think spills into into racism. I mean, interestingly, I've just had a discussion with Jack, Jackie Walker about that, who's noticed that as well. The cues for those who you know think they have to stand 14 hours in the in the rain and the cold to to, to look at yeah. the cues, very very white. And it's it's not a surprise, is it? The the empire, the queen was, you know, leading the 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 Commonwealth. But the, before that, the empire, you know, she, her dad was was still alive, and the empire was alive. You know, this is a is a brutal regime that has, you know, enslaved, killed, massacred. In Ken, Kenya, that was during the reign of the of the queen. You know, the massacres in in Kenya and what they did, mm-hmm. they, they killed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who were trying to rise up, etc., against. Colonialism. And this is, you know, it's it's a 
very yeah it's a very white institution for sure um you know despite you know you have Meghan, Meghan Markle in it and it's but it's still mm. a very white politically very white institution mm. nationalist chauvinist institution and look at the the, the killing of Chris Carver in, in in this period you know this maybe the Guardian reports it occasionally everybody mm. else is just about you know the Queen the Queen the Queen that they've just killed someone an unarmed the, young black man is you know it doesn't really matter that much it's yeah the news reported the Black Lives Matter march for Chris Carver is uh one is going to mourn the Queen Yes, and, uh, and it's it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he had to apologize for it, the Sky News reporter, but uh, the the damage was done, I think, yeah. for sure. No, there is a this is you this is um this period, I mean they've I mean you know, they of course they've lost their grandmother, etc. We're all sad, but I think <laughs> they're actually jubilant that they can use this period now. They've stopped strikes. You know, this is um, which I don't agree with, actually, that the unions called off their strikes. I think they've given a sort of, you know, they've they've put down their tools, the left, the trade union movement, say we have to mm. postpone our strikes now. Whereas the right have picked up those tools and are now beating us over the head with it by, you know, shoving down national chauvinism and national unity down our throats, you know. And we're all, you know, but we're all in it together. We all, we all yeah. accept that somebody's born to rule over us you know this is this, this is the whole mindset it's a, a huge part of the ideology to then also accept that your boss has to rule over you at work i think it's it's quite related and um, you know i think that i think the i can understand why the the um, communication workers union the, the postal workers union called off their strike the day after after the queen died i can understand it but i still think it led to a a whole range of other unions following suit and and you know downing tools whereas the right is continuing and now mm. you know growing its its class war against us and that's the problem the, the strikes are being picked up again but i think they will have lost a bit of momentum in this period but it is a huge you know it's it's great for them to distract from the cost of living crisis mm. the killing of chris carver you know um, energy prices going down the, the, the up the door through the roof, etc., and people struggling to survive. But at least we have, you know, that national unity. The Queen, I can watch yeah. on TV about, about that. That's keeping, you know, me alive or, or something. It gives me hope or something stupid. You know, it, it is it is terrible. It's actually so funny. On that note, um, I've been seeing that food banks will be closed on the day of her funeral, and it's like. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen some food banks um, justifying it by saying, well, we, we run with volunteers and everybody else got the day off and, you know, our volunteers don't want to come in and work. Do you, do you want to force them to work or something? But it is, I think that's a, that's a real side issue. So, of course, it, you know, the food banks are... On the day, you know, on the day of the of the funeral, I mean, they still need it. Sadly, that's a reflection yeah. of the kind of society that this monarchy is. You know, spending billions now. They're spending exactly. billions, and people are starving at the same time. It is, it is Genuinely. horrific. And the poorest are queuing in those queues to to watch that. You know, it's coffin. It is quite the the role of ideolo ideology in keeping things as they are, keeping the status quo as it is. The, the, the role of the monarchy within that is it cannot be underestimated how important it is for, for the ruling class to keep us where we are. Mm. So in, in the past, we had um, a Charles I. He was overthrown. We got a republic for a while. He was 
if Charles II brought us back to monarchy, mm. now we've got a Charles III, um, maybe there's a hope that, that something will change. <laughs> if anyone is interested in um, getting involved in um, republicanism and um, action around that, um, how would you advise them to, to go about it? Yeah, it's tricky, actually. I have been thinking about this because most, um, you know, the, the, the campaign that does exist, Republic, is is not a campaign I would uh, reckon, recommend uh, to people. It is a very sort of like a Guardian type campaign. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, they, they want a Germany style democracy, you know, it's still which is slightly better than the British one, but it's not. You know, it's not democracy in a sense that I understand it. I the people should be in charge. You know, we mm. should we should decide who governs us, how they govern us, etc. That's that's my kind of democracy. I'm a socialist, so this is this is not a campaign I would I would recommend. I mean, there are there are left wing groups. The problem is again, this, the electoral system um, doesn't the electoral system actually fosters splitting on the left because you don't you don't gonna you're not gonna get into parliament anyway. So you might as well split or on this or that minor issue. So that we have a lot of small groups that I wouldn't recommend anybody particularly to join at the moment. As a you know, we were in in a in a in a very difficult situation where Jeremy Corbyn was defeated. That had has led to a lot of demoralization. I think on the left, mm -hmm, the Labour Party is not an opposition anymore. People are you know looking around, scrambling around. What can I join, etc. To be honest, I, I, at the moment, I can't really <laughs> recommend anybody join any particular campaign. I mean, it's, you know, go get involved locally, keep your keep your eyes open, um, you know, fight for socialism, etc. And, and, you know, our time will come, no doubt. This is a very strange period. Capitalism is is not in, in a good shape. And I, so this, I think the, the, the mm -hmm. how much money and effort they're putting on to this. Uh, the the war in Ukraine uh, is is another one. This is a very strange war. Let's put it like that, which was almost finished after a few weeks. Do you remember that they had peace negotiations and it mm. almost was finished? And Zelensky had accepted much of the um, you know points made by by the Putin uh, regime. And then suddenly, oh, the USA, the US government's putting what fifty billion dollars into ukraine to buy weapons etc why would they do that is it love of democracy or is there something else going on and i think there very is convenient. very much something else going on and a sort of imperialism is actually quite weak and going down the pan and is struggling because you need to make profits capitalism is based on the need to make profits and it's becoming increasingly difficult in this in this world and you know the, the planet being exploited etc so i think they're looking for for ways to extend their rule and to keep off competitors like china this is what it's really about mm. i think a world war with china is is something that unfortunately is looking quite quite um, likely as a way to you know prolong capitalism's rule which is on its way out it just needs the working class to get its act together and overthrow it. <laughs> Easy peasy. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tina, for such... Honestly, I was silent for a bit because I was just kind of digesting everything that's been said. Um, thank you so much, Tina, for such an insightful episode. Um, and of course, there aren't many campaigns that you can get involved in at the moment. But like you said, it's so important. Even just this podcast, like this half an hour discussion that we've had, it's been it's been so uh, 
even relieving in a way. <laughs> I enjoy. I mean, there are alternative media, I think, which are springing up, which is a good thing. Redline TV is, is what I'm involved in. Um, and there are, you know, there's the, the other shows that are going on, which are, which are important. There's um, Electronic Intifada is a very good news site. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's ways to get involved and to, to support those, those, those things. But we do need... We do need an organization. I'm, I'm quite, you know, worried about that. There isn't an organization where the left, the working class, feels that it can it get involved in at the moment. So something needs to happen, and something will will happen sooner or later. I'm I'm sure. We're in a in a period of preparation. I think. Let's hope so. I mean, let's create that space as soon as we can. Absolutely, and you're part of it as well, clearly, which is which is excellent. So thank you for having me. <laughs> So Thank Tina, uh, any final thoughts and let us know where the viewers can find you on social media. Yeah, so it's Redline TV. We've got a website um, called theredline.tv. We're on every Monday. Um, last Monday, we've talked about the class war <laughs> as it happens. And uh, then the Queen died. So we have incorporated that to actually, you know, discuss that this is, you know, some people think class war sounds really, oh, it's really old fashioned and, you know, all this mark stuff and this is all it's all really long time ago but i think it, in periods like this it really shows there are so those that are rule and those that are being ruled in, in increasingly undemocratic ways and those that are being ruled really um this is the this is the period where we have to rediscover our voice i'm quite i'm quite um encouraged by the trade unions now mm. getting involved in the strikes again etc at the moment it's all defensive which is you know how, how often things start eh? there's the inflation and people don't know how to pay for food etc so it's for survival but it's also there's a political survival um, going on and i think we we the working class will rediscover its voice sooner rather than later and we're all going to be uh, involved in that i hope let's hope so i'm looking forward to the day <laughs> yeah definitely inshallah <laughs> okay Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you we really, much. really appreciate it. It's been um, a real eye opener, and I'm sure even our listeners they'll learn quite a lot from it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you again um, in the future. Definitely. Sure. I know that I'll be. I know that I'll be tuning into Redline TV. Cool. Definitely. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Look forward to it. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. So that was Liberated Voices. We will be back for our next show. Take care. See you then. Salam.